0: So Christmas party is next week, 6.30 to 8.30. Come dressed as an ornament. And here's what we're going to do. Instead of a gift exchange this year, what we want to do is um, we're going down to Mississippi in uh, June of next year for a mission trip with Relevant Ministry. So what we want to do is they're having something called Christmas on the Coast. And what they're doing is um, uh, they are asking for help with um, some needs that they have to um, supplies, some tools, some things that they need. Uh, to upkeep the camp down there, the campsite, and improve it and get it ready for summer mission stuff. So what a great way for us to be able to partner with them already. And uh, instead of just giving each other these cheesy gifts, why don't we just put that money towards something that um, is useful and support them that way. So if you're able to, bring a few dollars, and we'll add all that up together, and we will send them a gift card that they can use at a home improvement store down there. To get some supplies that they need. Sound like a deal? Good plan? Okay. Um, Yeah, and so, uh, and then there'll be some food and some games next week, and we'll just have a good time, okay? That'll be the last time we meet together for hype this year, okay? Because the next Wednesday is what? Nobody's counting down the days till Christmas? The next week is Christmas Eve. It's the 24th. So you can come, uh, but come at 430 and come in here, okay? Because we're going to have a Christmas Eve service here. Uh, and then the week after that is, of course, New Year's Eve, and, uh, and so we will not be meeting that week either, okay? Um, all right, last week we took a look at the Christmas story, and we talked about three different gifts that were given, um, and, and this week we're going to take a look at the, the same Christmas story, all right, so there's only one Christmas story. We're going to look at it, at it again, but we're going to look at it from uh, a different vantage point tonight, actually three different vantage points. We're going to look at it uh, at three different reactions to the news uh, of Jesus' arrival, and we're going to look at what they all have in common and then how that relates to us uh, now. Um, but before we jump in tonight, I want to hear just a couple stories from you guys. What's the worst reaction that you've ever seen somebody get uh, or give when they receive something on Christmas? Maybe you have. Maybe it was you. Yeah. Connor. <laughs> they handed it back? Like, can I return this? Nothing stone faced rejection yeah done she gave it back to <laughs> he gave her phone books that's rude <laughs> um so what else? Anybody else? Is that like the common thing? The worst thing you can think of is to just hand the gift right back? Got Has it, <laughs> you got socks and underwear? Yeah. Man, I love getting socks for Christmas. <laughs> Has anybody ever thrown like a tantrum or anything? No, no. Nobody? Yeah? Caleb? Yeah. Oh, now hands are raising. <laughs> you said to admit it earlier. All right. How about the best reaction that you've seen from somebody? What's the best reaction that you've seen? Yeah. Screaming up and down for joy. Yeah, Liz? Running around the house. Running around the house? That's what I do. Yeah. Punching things. Punching things. How is that the best reaction? Like punching things of, in excitement? Yeah. Oh. Well. Remind me not to give you a present or to stand back when I hand it to you. Uh yeah, Dalton. <laughs> Squealing, right? Yeah. They immediately left room. Did played with whatever they got and then they didn't care about anything else. That's it, that's all I wanted. One more, Brynn. Oh, I think it's great when they just sit there and look at the present, (laughs) and then they look up at you. They stare at it in unbelief, like, I actually got, oh, and start crying? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Uh, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, tonight we're going to look at three different reactions that people had to the news of Jesus' birth, this gift that God gave us through his son, all right? We'll be looking at a couple of the same passages that we looked at last week, and um, this time as we read through them, though... Instead of focusing on this spirit of giving, like, like we focused on last week, I want you to focus on the news, uh, on how the news about Jesus was received, okay? Uh, and so before we open up to those passages and, and we read them, I want you to help me tell the Christmas story from memory. Before we actually get into it and read it again, help me out. What, how, how does the Christmas story go? Where are you? you can start it off. Anybody. You can tell the whole thing if you want. I don't care. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Anybody want to add anything? Yeah. The three magi came when they saw the star. Three magi came when they saw the star. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Anything else? Yeah. King Herod killed a bunch of babies. <laughs> 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 you were waiting for that one, weren't you? I want to talk about Herod. Okay, hey, let's see how, yeah.
1: Uh The presents that the three wise men gave
2: basically told Jesus' to future life.
1: Mm.
0: Um, Do you remember what they were? Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And
2: I believe the myrrh was like a type of body like preservative. It was showing that he was going
0: like, to die for this. Okay. Anything else? Okay, good job. Let's see how we let's see how we did. We, I'm going to need somebody. Actually, I'm going to need somebody to be my microphone person again. Let's go over here this time. Okay, uh, we're going to look at we're going to look in in Matthew and Luke again tonight. Matthew and Luke. Okay, so I want you to open up to Matthew. Chapter One, Matthew chapter 1, and, uh, and we're going to be looking at, like I said, the passages in the gospel of Matthew and in the gospel of Luke tonight, and um, remember that the books of Matthew and Luke are both uh, bear the names of the men who wrote them. Um, Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples, and he was a tax collector who was also um, called Levi. Luke was a Gentile physician, uh, which means he wasn't a Jew, and he was a physician. He also wrote the book of Acts. Matthew and Luke are commonly believed to have been written uh, fairly close to one another um, sometime in the late 50s or 60s, not like 1950s or 60s, okay, just like the year 50 in that decade, in the 60s AD. So this would have been about 20 to 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. So the first passage that we're going to look at tonight is Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 8, verses 18 through 25. So get your Bibles out, look that up, and whoever has it and wants to read it, stand up and Austin, will come to you. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, nice and loud.
3: Now the, birth of Je- okay. now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with the child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly but when he had considered this behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary as your wife for the child who have, has been conceived in her is of the holy spirit she will bear a son and you shall call his him jesus for he will save the people of their sins 21
0: through 25
3: oh, okay <clears throat> now all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken about the lord through prophet before behold the virgin shall be with the child and she shall bear a son they shall call his name Emmanuel which translates means God which translated means God with us and Joseph awoke from his sleep as did the and and did the angel of the Lord command him he took Mary as his wife but kept her but kept her a virgin until they gave birth to a son and called
0: his name Jesus okay thank you <clears throat> excuse me uh okay so that's that's like basic story outline right there, okay? We didn't get to the shepherds and the angels and things like that, but um, when we tell the story, uh, and as you hear it again tonight, what would you say are the most essential parts of the story, of this Christmas story that, that we tell? What do you think? Yeah. Okay. And you're going to name him Jesus. Why do you think that's important? His name means something, right? God who saves, right? Um, <clears throat> okay, what else? What, what are some other important things that we need to make sure that we tell when we talk about this? You guys told some of the things. You remember what you said? What about the fact that Mary was a virgin, and she's having a baby, right? That's pretty important, isn't it? That's not humanly possible, is it? That has to do with God, right? Here, here's the thing um, it, it's important in particular to note God's work on behalf of mankind when we tell the Christmas story. It's not just some uh, fun, heartwarming story that we tell at Christmas time. This, this is uh, part of a, a larger story, a larger message. Uh, of the gospel that God sent His Son to us, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, last week we saw that the angels brought the good news of the great jo- of great joy. This Christmas story, like I said, it's it's an important part of the gospel message. God sent us His Son to live a perfect life that we couldn't live because of our sin, then to die a sacrificial death on the cross uh, to pay the penalty of our sins that we could never pay, and then to to rise from the dead to give eternal life to all who put their complete trust in him. What an amazing gift that is to us, right? It's not just the fact that that there's a baby born. It's the baby that's gonna grow up to live uh, a life that we couldn't live, to die a death for us, and to raise from uh, the grave and be our savior, like you said. But not everyone responds to this gift Uh, in the same way. And so as we read these passages tonight, we're going to look at how three individual groups uh, of people responded to Jesus' birth. And as we look at the reactions of these people, I want you to think about how each uh, of those different responses is represented in the world around us today, okay? Sort of the the, the mentality that they're representing. Um, So our next passage is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. When you got it, stand up. Excuse me. This will be a familiar passage. We read this one last week. And as it's read, I want you to pay in uh, particular uh, attention to verses 15 through 20 and note the response from the shepherd to the news of Christ's birth. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, but I want you to pay specific attention to the last five verses of that passage, okay? So who wants to read? Somebody find it in your Bible? Stand up.
1: And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel and a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who, with whom he has pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known that saying that he had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, so how did the shepherds immediately respond to the angel's message? The angel comes, they say, Behold, we bring you good news of great joy. Tell them the news, and then what happens? What do do the shepherds do? Yeah. They were terrified at first. They were terrified at first, yes. I would be too, I think, if the sky opened up and the heavenly host started talking to me. Uh, They went immediately started the good news. They did something else before that. Well, okay. They, they believed the message, right? Yeah, what were you going to say, Doug? They went straight to Bethlehem, right? It, they, they believed it enough that you said, but you kind of added on the, the rest. But, um, uh, so they believed it. If, if they didn't exactly know uh, all of what they were, what they were believing yet, they, they certainly accept this general message that they get from uh, the, the angels, and they acted on it in faith they went to see uh the christ they went to see this newborn baby and so what clues do we have about their overall attitude then toward the news about this miraculous event i'll give you a hint verse 15 Uh, sorry verse 16 What what clues what does verse 16 say yeah. They came, with haste. they came with haste. They hurried, right? Uh, they're not just strolling and taking their time to go see this thing. They want to get there and find out what this is all about. They seem pretty excited, don't they? Um, so describe their actions then upon seeing. They get there. They see this baby. Then what happens? Luca, you had it. What would you say? They spread the word, right? They spread the word about what they had seen, verse 17. Uh, and so, so, again, this seems to imply this certain level of belief about whom they'd encountered. And, and certainly their understanding of all that Jesus came to do and be uh, wouldn't have been perfect at this point. And yet, um, when they saw the baby Jesus, it was confirmation about what the angels had told them. Uh, that that was true, and they believed, and they praised God for it, and they actively went out and spread the news to others, okay? That's important. I want you to remember that. So now we're going to take a look at the, uh, the Magi, or the wise men, uh, and King Herod. And we talked about them a little bit last week, and so I want you to turn back to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12. So whoever has that, you can stand up when you get it. And Austin will come to you. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12.
2: Okay. okay. Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Um, king Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for really will come to you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time where the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. How far do you want me to go? Sorry. 12? Uh, to 12. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and s- stopped over the place where the child was. Then they saw the star. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the s- child with his brother, Mary, and they bowed and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, fragrances, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod.
0: Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about the wise men first, okay? How did the wise men come to know about Jesus? How did they come to know about this baby? Yeah. The scriptures? The scriptures? Yeah. Um, last week, we talked a little bit about the wise men. We, we know that they're knowledgeable. We know that they are uh, learned men, okay, that... Uh, well, they're wise men, right? That's what they call them. Um, it's possible that they were kings from the, from the east uh, who were more knowledgeable and, uh, uh, or excuse me, who were experts in astronomy um, and studied ancient manuscripts from around the world. And so they may have had copies of the Old Testament in their land that prophesied about the coming Messiah. Um, and so we're not really given much background to them specifically here, but um, we do know that somehow they knew of a sign, a star in the sky and they attributed that sign to the birth of this promised Messiah, uh, the king of the Jews. And so what, is, what does this say about their attitude um, towards Jesus, this, this passage here that we just read? <clears throat> what What is this passage that we just read? What does this say about the attitude of the wise men towards Jesus? They know about him. They see this star. Yeah. yeah um yeah and they're seeking him out aren't they, they they're the ones like nobody came to tell him yeah right they 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 have a uh, a knowledge a working knowledge beforehand at least some information uh about um this baby and they're seeking him they're seeking him from a point of of men who um valued knowledge and learning and so they had this um, this informed faith as much as it could have been at that point. Okay? Again, they don't know exactly all that Jesus came to do or be, but they believed enough to travel from this distant land when they saw this star and they brought gifts with them ready to lay at his feet uh, to this newborn king and to bow down to him and worship. Um, that's what's said in, in verses 9 through 12. Okay? Or it, let's look at verses 9 through 12. How do we see the Magi reacting when they encounter Christ, when they come and they finally see him, what do they do? What's it say there? <clears throat> Verses 9 through 12. Yeah. They were overjoyed, by happiness. They were overjoyed right? Right. They, they found what they were looking for, that they were seeking out. Um, the, and then they bowed down and they worshiped Jesus and they presented their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, which we talked about last week. Um, and they, they obediently obeyed God's leading then afterward not to go back to Herod because uh, we know Herod says, I want to worship him too, but he's lying. He really wants to kill him as Tristan so uh, wisely pointed out to us, okay? Um, and so let's look back over this passage. Let's look at Herod's reaction uh, and, and identify how King Herod responded to what he heard about Jesus. Let's look at verse 3 again, okay? How did Herod initially react to the Magi's question about Jesus? What's it say there? Yeah. Troubled. Troubled disturbed, uh, my Bible says, Um Last week, we mentioned that King Herod was appointed by the Roman uh, government to oversee Judea, and uh, Herod was this ruthless, power-hungry ruler. So uh, knowing this about him, why might he be disturbed or troubled, like uh, Tristan said, at this emergence of this new king? They called, uh, the Magi called him the, the king of the Jews. Why do you think King Herod would be so troubled about this? Yeah. Right, he felt threatened, didn't he? Felt threatened by uh, his, uh, that his position was threatened. He was worried that this new king might, yeah. Yeah, it was opposition, right? It was opposition. Um, and, and he might somehow overthrow this kingdom that, that he feels like he's established. He saw Jesus as a threat to his kingdom. Herod was holding on tightly to, uh, the way of life that served him best. He was very selfish. He was very proud, um, and he was very angry, and, uh, and he didn't want anyone or anything to get in his way. He was so adamant to have his own way uh, that he planned to eliminate Jesus as a threat by killing all the boys in Bethlehem and in the surrounding area who were two years old and younger just to make sure that he got Jesus in there, okay? He didn't know exactly how to find Jesus, and so he killed all these boys just to try and get to him. And make sure he would be killed to eliminate this threat. So when we look at the world around us today, we see similar responses to the news of Jesus, okay, that we've seen from, these, from the shepherds and from the wise men and from King Herod. First, the shepherds encountered Christ in a virtually unexpected way. They weren't searching for Jesus. They were in the midst of their uh, day-to-day activities. They were out in the fields tending to their sheep. Um, and, and the angels appeared, okay. Uh, they unexpectedly found themselves in hearing the good news about the Savior of the world. And when they encountered him then, when they went to see him personally, uh, they were moved to, uh, to believe in him and to share the good news themselves. So where do you see this happen around you today? Um, how, how might someone unexpectedly find themselves hearing about Jesus and, and maybe even coming to belief in him? What do you think? Yeah. A missionary, right, who goes into an area where the gospel's never been preached before, certainly that's brand new information, right, to those people. What about around here? How do you see this play out in your own life where you you might be able to be a part of this? Yeah. Sure. Like something like, um, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, going to Snyder Village on Sunday, right? Um, and, and we went there to sing Christmas carols and do some crafts, and suddenly uh, you can find yourself having a conversation about Jesus with someone there, right? Uh, they might not expect it. Maybe, hopefully you went there with, with the um, desire to share the good news, right? Um, but but it, it's not just uh, it, people in their everyday lives, okay? People in their everyday lives going about all... Um, their day-to-day tasks or activities or whatever it is. It's not just missionaries going out into the far corners of the earth. It happens right here among us. It can be as simple as someone asking you why you're so joyful or, um, or, or they're in a conversation. You're talking about something entirely different, and suddenly they ask a question or um, they say something that, that gives you an opportunity to, uh, to turn the conversation toward the gospel and, to, and toward Jesus. Um. And suddenly they find themselves hearing this good news, okay? Uh, The point is, listen, is that the gospel is relevant all the time. No matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, in the midst of your everyday routine, uh, any moment can turn into an encounter with Christ through the gospel message. Uh, And that's important. I want you guys to to think about that and to remember that as we continue on. Um, So next we have the magi or the wise men. They were searching for Christ, right? Right? They knew some of this stuff. They didn't have all the details, but they knew um, that he was worth seeking out. They were uh, knowledgeable men. Like the Magi, there are people who know that there's truth out there. They're seeking it, uh, and, and they sense that there must be something more to this life. And like the Magi, these people, they're looking for the truth uh, about really what they're looking for is Jesus. They might not know that exactly, or they might understand that, that Jesus is there, but they don't know enough about him yet, and they're going to seek that out. Um, and when they encounter him through the gospel, many become believers in Christ. Maybe you know somebody who came to know Christ that way. They, 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 they sought the truth and, and found it. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you were instrumental in that. Maybe um, somebody else was. But if people are searching for the truth, Or uh, for meaning, or to know more about Christ, where uh, or what are some ways that they might learn about who Jesus is? Yeah. Uh, through Through you, right? You can tell them. What else? What are some other ways that people can find out more about Jesus? The Bible, absolutely, right? Anything else? Yeah. Outreach. Outreaches, yeah, Jackson. <laughs> Testimonies. Testimonies, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Church, right? Listen, what I want you to know, though, all those things are good, um, and, and, and here, but here's what I want you to know. This is the theme that, that's tying through all these things you can tell them, right? You don't have to just bring them to church. You don't have to just hand them a Bible. You can share the story of Jesus. You can share the gospel message. You can point them to God's word. You can help them see the truth that way. If they're already seeking it, man, they want to know about it. Show them, tell them the truth. Help them see Jesus for who he is um, and help them learn what God's God's word has to say about him. And so finally then we have, Um, King Herod, and he was hostile, to say the least, okay, towards Christ. He was prideful. He wanted to rule his own life instead of submitting to someone else as king over him. Um, Like Herod, there are those who feel threatened by the message that Jesus brings, and they respond in hostility towards him, okay? Um, Where have you encountered people who are hostile to the message of Christ? Anybody? Anywhere? Have you seen that? Yeah. ISIS, yeah? What about right here in Eureka, Illinois? Nobody's hostile to the message of Jesus in Eureka, right? Do you have classmates that just, if you try and talk to them about Jesus, they don't care about it, or they tell you to shut up, or they call you names, or they, you know, whatever. They're hostile, they're resistant, Right? Um, why do you think some people reject Christ and the gospel message? They're opposed. They're opposed. Mm-hmm. They don't fully understand. They don't want to hear it. Why do you think? Why do you think they don't want to hear it? Yeah. They grow up, up believing something else. Yeah. They just think they're smarter. They think they're smarter. Afraid of something bigger than him? Sounds a lot like Herod, doesn't it? It's a lot of pride, right? In our sin nature, we want to we be king, don't we? We want to be king of our own lives. We don't want to let somebody else rule and reign over us, do we? And so those that really are locked down in that, they become hostile to that message because that message says that they have to give up their life and surrender it to Christ. Right? What is it about Jesus, do you think, that causes such strong reactions in people? This is good news, isn't it? What, what is it about Jesus? Yeah. They don't believe in him because they think somebody else made everything. So what is it about Jesus then that really sets people off like that? Do you know? They don't want to have a ruler, right? Yeah, I, mean, I just said that That, that um, one of the requirements to follow Christ is to lay our own lives down, right? We don't like to do that. Um, Jesus is very exclusive about how Uh, we get restored to God about how we get to eternal life. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People don't like that, especially in our culture today, right, where everything is inclusive and everything's relative. They don't like exclusivity. They don't like uh, the narrow road. They want the wide road where you can take any uh, direction, any path to get there, right? So it rubs against uh, that prideful thinking. It rubs against... Um, those, those thoughts, in your lives, you will find yourselves in opportunities to share the gospel with, with each of those three kinds of people, okay? Those who are going about their everyday business, those who are, um, <clears throat> who are just doing their daily routine and, and unexpected. Okay? Those who are actively searching for Christ themselves, who might approach you before you even approach them, and those who want nothing to do with him. All three of those kinds of people, you, you can probably think about and, and know uh, names in your own life of people who are like that. Okay? What I want you to see tonight is that the good news um, was shared in some way, shape, or form with all three of those uh, types of people in the passages that we read tonight. Okay, the angels came to the shepherds, the the wise men, um, they read it somewhere, possibly. Somehow they knew. They were told in some way, shape, or form. Herod was told by the wise men, okay, this message of this baby that was sent by God. The good news was shared in some way, shape, or form. And I want you to see that as followers of Christ, we have the responsibility to be faithful witnesses of Christ, sharing the good news of the gospel to all, okay? whether they're expecting it, whether they're anticipating it, uh, or whether they're not expecting it, or whether they're hostile toward us or toward God. We are to be faithful storytellers, speaking the message of Christ, regardless of how others react to it, okay? I have a couple more verses, so you can stand back up. So I need somebody to look up Romans 116 for me. And then somebody to look up Romans 1014. When you have them you can stand up. Romans 116. <clears throat> and Romans 1014. Who has Romans 116? You stand up when you have it, Jaden. Okay, somebody else can grab Romans ten fourteen. You can stand up when you have it. Okay. Romans one sixteen. Jaden's going to read it for us.
3: I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is power of God in the salvation of everyone who believes, first of the Jew, then of the Gentile.
0: Okay, thank you. How about Romans ten fourteen? You just want to pick it since you're there. Sure. Since somebody else is going to stand up. Romans 1014 Oh, right. Good job
3: <laughs> How then can they on the one that they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them?
0: Okay. Thank you. All right, Romans 1.16 tells us that the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, okay? People search for life and for purpose in all kinds of different places, especially in our culture, uh, but they need to know that salvation is where? Yeah. In Christ alone, right? In Christ alone. How do they learn that? Yeah. They have to be told, right? They have to be told, okay? Um, the, that's what Romans 10, 14, it tells us that this message has to be told. They need to hear it from someone and they need to see it in the word of God. The gospel is God's power, but the church, big C church, is God's plan for spreading the gospel. He wants his people, that's you and me, if you're a believer in Christ in here, um, he wants his people to carry the message of Christ with them wherever they go and whatever they're doing uh, ready to share it with anyone and everyone. If you're a follower of Christ in here then you have a unique position. Okay, you're in a unique position to be able to share this life-giving message of Christ with your friends, with your family, with your teachers, with your coaches, Uh, The checkout person at the grocery store, okay? Your boss, your coworkers, if you have a job, the kids that you babysit, anyone and everyone you meet and interact with each day, anyone and everyone that you meet and interact with each day, whether they're unexpecting, whether they're anticipating, or whether they're hostile, they need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And God wants you to tell them, it's God's power alone that changes hearts. But as his followers, we get this amazing gift of being able to share the message of Jesus with the world. Think about the people in your life that are unexpecting, okay, that are just going about their daily business, that are anticipating, that, that are actually uh, questioning about life and truth or that are Hostile. The common role that you play in all their lives is that God has given you the opportunity to engage them with the gospel message, regardless of how they respond to it. The freedom we have is to know that it's only by God's power and grace that lives are changed. We don't have to change anyone. The responsibility that we have, however, as followers of Christ, is to know this story of Jesus, and to share it with others. At the beginning of the message tonight, we, we, uh, I had you tell the Christmas story to me from memory, and you, we didn't do too bad, okay? And it's important that we know uh, the message of the gospel by memory as well, that we can be able to tell it whenever and wherever we need to, whenever the opportunity arises. 1 Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you Okay, that's the ones that are anticipating, right, Um, to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. We need to be ready to share the gospel at all times, Okay. And the basic gospel message is that God loves us and and that our sin separates us from God and his love for us, that there's nothing that we can do to save us from our sin and restore that relationship back to God. And yet God, in his mercy, in his grace, in his love, sent his son Jesus to live this perfect life for us that we couldn't live, to die a death uh, in obedience to God this sacrificial death for us to pay the penalty for our sin and then to raise again uh, from the dead so that we, as we put our hope in him, our trust in him, that we can have eternal life instead of being subject to the eternal punishment that waits for all who reject this good news. This is the message that we proclaim, that we Uh, celebrate at christmas time that christ has come and this is the message that we proclaim and we celebrate all year long that christ has come as followers of christ listen god is not asking us to change people's hearts you might be sitting there thinking man this is really a daunting task and yeah it can be uh, nerve-wracking it can be um, uh, challenging at times but I hope you know that there's freedom in knowing that God is at work in that person's life and that he's changing their hearts. But listen, he wants you to tell his story. He's given us the privilege and the responsibility as his church to carry this good news of salvation through Christ to every corner of the world. And we do that starting where we're at with the people that we cross paths with, with each and every day. Okay? In January, we're going to be doing a church-wide series and training uh, together that will give us some some practical ways to engage others with the message of the gospel, to, to share the good news with, uh, with others. And so you can be watching for more information on that. Um, leaders, can you guys hand out those slips of paper for me and the pens? As we close tonight, we just have a few minutes left, um, I want to just give you a few minutes to think about people in your life right now, okay, that are like the shepherds or the wise men or um, King Herod. And on your paper, when it comes around, I want you to write. Um, actually, I'll wait till you get the paper so then you don't forget what you're going to write. I want you to start thinking about people in your life right now that are like the shepherds, that are like uh, the wise men, that are like King Herod. Okay, and you can use the front and back of this paper if you need to. But I want you to write these three categories, okay? I want you to write Unexpecting. Write Unexpecting, write Anticipating. Leave some space, okay? Leave some space. Write Anticipating. And write hostile. Unexpecting, anticipating, and hostile. Okay? Give you a second to do that. Unexpecting, anticipating, and hostile. Write those three words down, leave some space. And here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to take a minute, and under each category, I want you to write the first name of someone that you know that would fit into that category, someone that's just going about their daily life and and is just completely uh, uh, oblivious and just needs to be interrupted with the good news of Jesus, someone who's searching, who needs to hear the good news, they're looking for the truth, and someone that's just completely hostile to it or that's that's rejected it, or um, that that maybe you think doesn't want to hear it, okay? I want you to write the first name of someone that you know that might fit into those categories. And then here's what I want you to do, okay? When you get those names, um, actually, I'll just give you a minute. Just give you a minute. You can just look up at me when you got your names. If you can't think of all three names right now, that's fine. But I want you to try. Unexpecting, okay? This was like the shepherds who were just going about their daily routine that that aren't really necessarily looking for Jesus but need Jesus, right? And then... um, the anticipating, the ones that are, are really uh, open to the truth, and, but they don't necessarily know it, and then the ones that are hostile, that, that just, maybe you've tried to share the good news with them before, and they've rejected it, or rejected you, or you just, you, you know somebody that you think, man, they just don't want to hear this, Okay? All right, hopefully you have a name or two down. Um, I want to I encourage you and, and challenge you if you don't have names in these categories to take this home with you and uh, ask your folks, hey, who do we know that needs to hear the good news of Jesus uh, that, that fits these categories, okay? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit to praying for those people by name for the next two weeks. Two weeks from now is Christmas Eve, right? And then the next day after that is Christmas Day. It's the day that we celebrate uh, the, the coming of our Savior. So I want you to commit to praying for those three people for the next two weeks. And I want you to ask God to give you opportunities to share the gospel with them between now and Christmas. Pray for them daily. Ask God to help you see those opportunities, to take those opportunities and to share the good news, all right? God has given us this story. It's not just a story, it's a true story. It's a message of salvation. It is the power of God for those who believe. And he's given it to us, his church, to go and spread and to tell to all people regardless of how they react to it. Praying for them, knowing that God will work in their hearts and draw them to himself. And as we're obedient to that, God gives us this gift, this joy of not only sharing his good news, but seeing people respond to it uh, with open hearts and turning to him in faith. What a great thing that is to witness and to experience. So take this home with you. Pray for these people. Ask God to give you opportunities to share this. Um, But if you're a believer in Christ in here, God wants you to share his message. All right, let's pray. God, help us to be wise in the way that we act toward those who need you. Help us to make the most of every opportunity that you give us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. May we always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in you and may we do it with gentleness and respect, let our speech be full of grace as though seasoned with salt so that we may know how to respond to each person regardless of how they respond to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen.